Uh, the title of tonight's sermon, uh, if you're taking notes, uh, if we take notes here, um, we know that's the best way to be ready for a test, is to jump in on your notes. Um, so the best way we face tests from life is to look at our notes. Sometimes we don't really remember everything that happens on a Friday, that's all right. But man, your notes is your sword, the Bible is your sword. Um, the title of tonight's talk, I want you to write down, I want you to write, ready? Spaces, that's the title of tonight's talk. Spaces. Spaces. Places. 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 Sorry. I think that's a Michael Jackson song. Spaces. All right. I have a question for everyone. Does anybody love little baby children? Anybody love kids? Any guys? I'm so interested because I was mainly girls. Any guys? I love kids. Who loves kids in here? Make some noise. Who's ready to be a dad? Come on. Woo! I love children. I love children. I have a really, if you know me, you would know. I have like a huge family. I have legit like six uncles. I'm sorry, five uncles. I just forgot my family. Six aunts, five uncles, five aunts. Man, I have a huge family. Five uncles, five aunts. Six uncles. Look at that. I forgot one. Look at that. It's crazy. I have a huge family. How many cousins do we have? Can you help me out? How many cousins? I got like 26 cousins. I got a huge, huge family. Um, and it really, literally seems like every time a baby is brought into the family, it becomes the family's baby. You know what I'm talking about? Like your sister's cousin's aunt's best friend had a baby. He's become the family baby, right? Everybody loves him. Can I hold him? Um, I love children, um, and then my uncle Sammy, he's actually uh, my uncle, and um, that's how that works, right? He's actually had, the, like, the most recent babies. It's from my uncle Sammy. He has two beautiful little girls named Sienna and Penelope, and they're beautiful, and I love them. And if you see my phone, you'll see them all over my phone. I just take selfies, and I make them say the weirdest stuff, and I make them, like, eat stuff, and... Um, I play with them all the time, like the weirdest games. Like, I'm just throwing a ball against the wall. Boom. She's like, ah. I'm like, you like that? Boom. She's like, ah. Like, I just do weird stuff. I'm like putting her on my shoulders, running around the house, and um, just teaching her weird stuff and, and just trying to make her laugh. I really love her so much. Um, but one of my favorite moments to see is kind of like my uncle has this game with uh, the oldest one, Sienna. And this is what he literally does. He goes, he goes, I'm going to get you. And she literally goes crazy. She goes crazy. And she starts to run. And then when she runs, he takes this small moment to hide. And it's literally the funniest thing. Like, he's like, I'm going to get you. She runs. She's like, Dad? And he's like, hiding behind the wall. And he's like six foot six. So it's kind of hard for him to hide. He's like on a tree, like over the tree. He's like, Dad? She's like hiding, hiding, hiding. And she literally would go chasing him around, chasing him around, dad, 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 dad. And then literally, it, it's so much fun. And then I get sad all of a sudden, and I feel like crying. Um, she just gives up. And you, if you played hide and seek with children before, you know what I'm talking about. They give up, and they do one of these. And then they look around like, is he there? Ah! And then that's when he runs, and he picks her up, and he's like, mommy, I love you. And it's just a beautiful moment. Um, how many of you have ever done that to little children? It's the best. Just messing with their heads. So much fun. 
It's a little evil, man. There's something about wanting a response from somebody else. There's something about, man, just literally setting up a scenario where there's somebody out there that literally just wants your embrace. There's something, I don't know what it is in us, that we love that attention. When, when someone's reaching out to us, uh, when, when someone hasn't, seen, we haven't seen someone in a long time and out of nowhere, we get a random like hit up, like, hey, how are you? Like, oh my God. Like something inside all of us just love that embrace from somebody who's distant. And I really believe that God loves to surprise you. I really believe that God sets up situations where he takes a step back and sees where your heart is at. Because some of us love the gifts of God, but we don't love the presence of God. So God's given us gifts, but when he steps away, we're okay. So I really believe when God steps away, and I'm not saying God leaves you alone or he abandons you, but sometimes it feels like that. And we literally say, God, why this, why that? And God takes a step back, and he just waits for you to want him. He waits for you to want him. We're going to read from the book of Psalms 27. If you have a Bible, can you raise it in the air? Come on. Awesome. If it's glowing, it's all right. Make sure it's all charged up. That's all I'm worried about. Psalms 27. We're going to have it on the screens with you. Um, I'm reading for the message version. So this is David. David is writing. This is David that killed Goliath. This is David that is going to be the king of God's people. And, um, but he's not really there yet. He slayed Goliath, but he's not king yet. So he's at this awkward moment in between where God did something before, and God's going to do something later, but I'm kind of stuck in between. You guys ever felt like you're in between something? Like you're in between jobs, you're in between relationships, you're in between grades. I'm out of F, I'm trying to get to A. You know what I mean? You're in between, you know what I mean? You ever felt, it, it sucks being there. And this is kind of where he picks up the pen, and he starts to write. Let's read together. Psalm 27, 45 says this. I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing. And this is huge, y'all. Like, when people start writing, like, letters to us, it's really important. We just, like, pay attention. It's so huge. I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll, I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. Man, that's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world, the perfect getaway, far from the buzz of traffic. Hold it there. Some of y'all looking for a vacation, but really you need to escape to your prayer closet. And God will do something you never thought he could. And God will bring peace in your situation, wherever you're at. You feel like all hell's breaking loose. Man, it's not a runaway. Come on, it's, it's running to God. It's not an escape from people. It's an escape with God. That's probably what's going to solve your problem. The only quiet secret place in the noisy world, the perfect getaway, far from the buzz of traffic. We continue to read in verse 9. And it says this, you've always been right there for me. And that sounds past tense. That's because he's in that space. He's literally telling God, you've always been there for me. But don't turn your back on me now. Don't throw me out, God. Don't abandon me. He's desperate. You've always kept the door open, but my father and mother walked out and left me, but you took me in, God. Point me down your highway, God. Direct me along a well-lighted street. Show me, show my enemies whose side you are on. God, help me. Don't throw me to the dogs, those liars who are out to get me. 
filling the air with their threats. I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. And then he talks to us. Wherever you feel like you're in a space, wherever you feel like you're, you're in between so many different moments, he says to stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. That same spirit, go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray for the next 15 minutes of tonight. I really believe tonight's going to end at the altar. But man, with every head bowed, every eye closed, just in reverence to God. God, we come before you tonight. And Lord, just do what only you can do. We are a blank canvas tonight. Can you just write all over our hearts tonight? Just write all over our hearts. Come on, say, God, search me. Come on, say it with your mouth. God, search me. God, look down to the deepest parts of my heart. I want you to see a person that loves you and that cares about you and that's chasing after your presence. God, tonight, break down walls. God, tonight, do what only you can do. And everybody says, amen. Come on, everybody says, amen. David is so eager and I don't know if you've ever been desperate before, but this man is desperate. Like, I'm going to change the way I read that and, and kind of get his, like, his motion. He's like, answer me! I feel like, you ever had that moment with God or, like, seen someone else have that moment with God when they're, like, in the middle of nowhere? Who saw Bruce Almighty? Who's ever seen that movie? Um, literally, there's a point in the movie, he's like, God! You know what I mean? He's yelling out. And I feel like just take Jim Carrey, replace him with David. David is in this moment where God has moved in his life before. He's waiting on something to happen, but he's in that space. And he's literally, God, don't abandon me. God, don't leave me. God, I love you. God, don't leave me. Stay with me. Don't leave me. And what's crazy is that David is in this space that some of us, well, probably all of us have felt before. We're in that space. And we know what God's embrace felt like because it happened last year at youth camp. Because it happened two weeks ago at Andrew and I. Because it happened months ago. We know what God feels like. Because it happened a couple months ago at youth. It happened in your car. We know what God's presence feels like. But right where we're at kind of doesn't feel that way. We know that God has introduced himself to us. That hide and seek game. God gave us a hug. I'm going to get you. And if we turn around and it's just different. How many of you guys ever felt that before? Come on, just a show of hands. If you felt that before, go ahead and put your hands down. And, and we know what God's intimate presence feels like. And then I love David's reaction. David does not spend a second comfortable in that space. David does not wait a moment in that space. What he does, he begins to call after God. My first point tonight is this. God can't bless who you pretend to be. God cannot bless who you pretend to be like. God can't reach after somebody that you're putting up a front that you are. God can't come down on a Friday night and meet you at the altar if this whole thing is just a lie. God is looking for an honest voice, an honest worship that is calling out to God and saying, God, listen, I'm not the perfect person, but I need you right now, and I need you to meet me. Don't abandon me. Don't leave me. That's why some of our, our, our values as a youth ministry, one of our values is this. Worship is our lifestyle. Worship is our lifestyle. If it's raining, worship is our lifestyle. If it's dry, worship is our lifestyle. If we're at the mountaintop, worship is our lifestyle. If we're in the valley, worship is our lifestyle. No matter where life takes us, 
we feel like we're a minute from God or an hour, our worship stays, con stays consistent. Why? Because God can't bless who you pretend to be. God can't answer a prayer from someone who's not really holding up that, that, that prayer. God wants to bless you tonight. Tell your neighbor, be honest with your Savior. Be honest with your Savior. God wants to bless you. God wants to embrace you. God knows when it's enough time. God knows when enough is enough. Isn't it God so good? He knows when enough is enough. He knows when it's been just a little bit too long. And, and God wants to bless you, but, but man, if you're asking God to meet you outside these four walls, you got to meet God outside these four walls. If you're asking God to bless your workplace, man, are you bringing in the blessing in your workplace? If you're asking God to bless you in your home and bless your family, man, are you bringing in the Holy Spirit into your workplace? God wants to meet you, and God can't bless who you pretend to be. The context of this Psalms 27, scholars believe that, that literally David had already been anointed. And this is crazy because David was already given the promises of God. David was set aside. David killed Goliath. But, but later on, David becomes the king of God's people, and, and it's, it's just an awesome story. Um, but he's literally in between these moments where God's done something before, and God's going to do something later. But man, right now, I feel like God is missing, and God isn't walking me through this. Can we read Psalms 27 quickly? So Psalm 27 is, is where we just picked up. Psalms 28 is the chapter after and I want you to see the difference in tone. Like, he's saying, God, don't, God, leave me. God, stay with me. And then the next chapter, look how he's writing. It's amazing. He says this, blessed be God. He heard me praying. It's just crazy. He proved he's on my side. I've thrown my lot in with him. I bet it on God. That's what he's saying. I'm jumping for joy and shouting and singing my thanks to him. God is all strength for his people, ample refuge for his chosen leader. Save your people and bless your heritage. Care for them. Carry them like a good shepherd. One chapter, he's saying, God, where are you? God, you, you moved before, but I need you to move now. God, I feel like I'm empty. God, honestly, I'm, I'm reaching out to you. And God, meet me where I'm at. Why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me alone? The very next chapter, God, thank you for showing up. I love you. He's jumping and dancing. He's hitting the grip walk, y'all. He's having so much fun in the presence of God. But man, in one chapter, everything switches. My thing is, what was David's attitude in the space? What was David's attitude? When you want something from God and God does something, what is your attitude in the middle? What is your attitude in the middle of all these things? My second point tonight is this. God meets us at a desperate place. God meets us at our desperate place. Come on, is anybody encouraged today that God will come through for you in your life? That God will answer your prayer, that he will meet you. He will, come on, you better make some more noise than that. God will meet you where you're at. He'll pick you up. He'll set your path straight. He'll do what only he can do. But man, be encouraged in the middle. Be encouraged in the middle. Let's throw that light on. Vic, can you just shut all the lights off real quick? Just put this light on. Just this one. Awesome. Cut the LEDs. So this is, this is literally the place where David was at, right? 
So David is worshiping God, and, and, and all of a sudden he feels abandoned, right? He feels like God left him alone. He feels like God just, God, where are you? Over here. Can you throw this light on, please? Where is it? Thank you. Over here is where he's dancing and singing. Who's a cheerleader? Any cheerleaders in the house? You're welcome. So this is where he met Jesus. God worked in his life. God did something amazing in David's life. He slayed Goliath. God took his faith. He used it. God took David to places he never thought he could go. Some of y'all, this is when you said yes to Jesus. Some of y'all, this is when you said, God, I feel you and I want this. And then you get caught in the middle. You get caught in the middle when nothing's happening, when no one's really paying attention to you. And, and now you got a little thing called sin, and you're loving God, but you got something that's pulling you down, and you're trying to work through it. And what's crazy is that this is where Christians give up. This is where Christians stop coming to church. This is when people go on Instagram and say, God's not real because he left me. He left me and my family right here. He left me in my sin. I was trying to pray. I was trying to try this whole church thing out. But man, I left in the middle. And it's crazy because sometimes we can feel like this is the end. Literally, we feel like this is the end of my walk. But David, come on, can we throw up the first verse? Come on, 27. Literally, he says this, the last verse. Can we go to, let's go to Psalms 27, verses 14. Can we go to Psalm, thank you. What does he say? Don't quit, I'll say it again. Don't quit, I'll say it again. Don't quit, I'm going to say it again. Don't quit, I'm going to say it again. Don't quit. You feel like you're in the middle. And you feel like this is the end, but man, this, this thing in front of you, God has so much ahead of you. God has so much ahead of you in the middle of all this. So you can bring the lights back on. My point for this is to say, Write this down in your notes. Be encouraged in the spaces of life because God has something ahead of you. Come on, write this down. I want you to, I want you to let this sink in. Be encouraged in the spaces of life because God has so much ahead of you. He has so much ahead of you. I'm going to ask for the worship team to come up. And, man, this is intense, right? Because our last point tonight is this. Real faith praises God in the middle. Real faith is in between these lights. When you're saying, God, I'm going to praise you. I don't have what I'm asking for, but I'm going to praise you. God, I, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be at, but I'm going to praise you. And that's when you build your faith, right? That's when you're coming to church, and man, you don't really feel like lifting your hands. You feel like you got to wait on your shoulders and say, God, I don't care what's on my mind. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to worship your name. God, I don't feel like including people when that people are annoying, people get on my nerves. But God, you love people. You died for people. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. I'm going to push through it, and I'm going to love on everybody I see. In the middle, y'all, in the spaces of your life, 
That's where the real faith is at. You can't tell me you're full of faith when God blesses you. It's easy to love your parents when you get allowance. It's hard to love your parents when they discipline you. It's hard to love your parents when they let things happen to coach you after. Man, real faith is built in the middle. Like I said earlier, I got a huge family, a bunch of uncles. One of my uncles, literally, he looks like uh, one of my twin brothers. His name is David, Uncle David. Uh, man, if you see this dude, he's like, don't mess with him. Like, don't step on his shoes. Like, don't talk about his girl. Like, he'll fight you. He's real big and buff. Um, and what's crazy is that David wasn't always big and buff. Uncle D wasn't always big and buff. In fact, when he was a younger boy, when he was a little boy, he caught the worst cancer in the hospital. In the hospital that specializes in cancer, he caught the worst case of cancer. And, and literally, they gave him, like, wishes, like, you know, uh, make, it, make a wish, make a wish foundation. They approached my family and said, y'all, he ain't going to live too long. So, so make sure you get these wishes now. And he's like, I want to bike, I want to go wrestling, I want to go to Disney World. So literally, my whole family, they, they literally took my whole family to Disney World. They lived in New York. Flew the whole family out. They were getting picked up in limos, living the life, right? He got everything he wanted. But, man, the doctors literally said, this man, this, this little boy, that he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. He has a couple months to live. And, and, and it's crazy because he's big and buff now, but he was skinny like a twig. Like, if you've seen him, it looked like you wouldn't even recognize him. And what's so sad, man, it's so sad. I hear stories that... His hospital friends, one by one, they start dying. One by one. Each week, week after week, month after month, all of his friends literally went away with the Lord. But David stood breathing. And what I really believe what did it was my grandma. Y'all don't know my grandma? Come on, somebody. My grandma is a prayer warrior. And literally, she would go into the hospital every day. And she'll walk in, like, miss, make sure you, you know, you get the funeral ready. She said, I'm not going to get no funeral ready because my son isn't dying. And like, miss, miss, whoa, whoa, miss, 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 hold up. <laughs> we got three wishes for your son, and, and it's just because we want him to have the best time before he goes. Thank you for the vacation because he's going to be alive. He's going to remember this. In the moment, you look at my grandma like, you are crazy and you're insane. But the thing is, I know my grandma, she wasn't looking at the now, but she was over here looking at the end, and she was already dancing. Come on. She was looking at the end like, wait, I'm going to praise God now because I know one day will come where my son will walk out that hospital room, and he will start preaching and leading people through everything they've been through because of what God did in his life. Listen, faith isn't when God does something good. Faith is in between when you're walking and you feel nothing. When you're coming to church and nothing's happening, we say, God, I still love you. God, I'm waiting on all these things to happen. But because you meet me here, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it. Stand up on your feet tonight. Come on from the front to the back. Stand up on your feet tonight. I love it. I love it. David, can we go to Psalms 28? Verse 9, the very last verse. David is, is amazing. And, and, and David, we literally see in one chapter, his whole situation just turn around. This whole situation. 
I love what he says right here in verse 9. He says, now I'm jumping for joy, and I'm shouting, and I'm singing my thanks to him. God is all strength for his people, ample refuge for his chosen leader. Next verse. I love this. Save your people and bless your heritage. Care for them. Carry them like a good shepherd. And when, when David's talking about a shepherd, he kind of knows what he's talking about. Like before he became the king of God's people, he was a shepherd boy, not a shepherd man. He was a shepherd boy. And one thing that he knew is that, yo, if I walk in that field and I make that call, my sheep are going to come. My sheep are going to come. I, I know that for a fact that no matter where I am, if I call on my sheep, they will meet me and I'm going to go get them. I love my sheep. Here's the thing. Some of us are hearing the call of God over our lives, but we're not responding to it. God is calling you, y'all, and I don't know if you feel that right now. Come on, every head bar, every eye closed. I don't know if you feel that tug, but God is literally calling you by name. He's calling you, and he is saying, listen, son, listen, daughter, be encouraged because I have something amazing for you. He calls God the good shepherd. Every head bow, every eye closed. Forget about the person next to you. Forget about who's in front of you, who's behind you. It's just you and God. God is the good shepherd. And the sheep know the shepherd more than anything else. They know his voice. Come on, do you feel the tug of God right now in your heart? Do you feel the tug of God in your heart right now? Do you feel it? Do you feel it? That is the shepherd calling you by name. That is God, the Father, tugging on you, saying, listen, you're in the middle, but listen, I can bring you through it. I can walk you through it. And the problem with all of us sometimes is that God calls us and we don't respond. Man, if you're here tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God. Come on, from the front to the back, God is as close as the air you breathe. Come on, he's everywhere in this room. You feel that tug? That's the good shepherd calling on you. You feel like you're in the middle, just know God's going to meet you right where you are at in this place tonight. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, if you want to make a decision to say, God, I want this. God, I, I respond, and I want to live in you. If that's you tonight, I want you to raise your hand at the count of three. Nobody's judging. Nobody's looking around. If you want Jesus and you want to respond to his call, on the count of three, shoot your hand up all over this place. One, he loves you. Two, listen, no holding back. Respond to his call. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Come on, shoot all over this place. Hands are going up. All over this place. Come on. One, two, three, four, five. Come on, all over this place. Can you make a little bit of noise for all the salvation going on in this room tonight? Keep your head bowed. Keep your eye closed. You can put your hand down if you made that decision. Here's what we want to do. The Bible says to be saved, all you got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's Lord and you have it all. Come on, let's all say this prayer together from the front to the back. Come on, say Jesus. Come on, everyone in this room, lift up your voice. Say Jesus. I understand that you are my Savior. I understand that you are the Lord. And God, tonight I give it all to you. I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe you rose your son on the third day. And everybody said, amen. Come on, make some noise in this place. 